and welcome to episode six of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you're not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm the personal brand coach and designer. And today I'm joined by the fantastic Anita Figura, who is the founder of Fierce Project Management, a networking community that empowers and supports women and misfits as project leaders in their industries. So welcome to the show, Anita. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Brilliant. So today we are going to be talking about Anita's brand story. If you caught the last episode, Anita and I had a rather juicy conversation about mixing politics and business. So if you haven't had a listen to that yet, be sure to line that one up on your playlist. But Anita, let's start by talking about the story behind your business. So what was it that inspired you to set up Fierce Project Management? Yeah, so I'm a project manager by background. I've been in railway and construction for nearly 10 years. Um, It was about eight years when I uh, decided to set up my business and I've been a project manager before that. So um, I had reached the end of my road with the company I was at. And that was quite a big decision to make because there was a chance for me to take my redundancy which kind of prompted me to make the decision that I would go for it. Mm-hmm. However, it was also at the point where I just returned to work after having my baby. He was over a year now, but I also had great flexibility where I was. So as a project manager, I was thinking, okay, do I stay where I'm really comfortable or go do something different? And I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur then, um, but I started to explore options and avenues And then I tried to find a project management role and it was really hard to find a role with flexibility from scratch. And I went into a toxic environment where I did have some flexibility, but it was pretty toxic there. And my want for flexibility and trying to get more of it was a bit of a clash with that environment. So lots of stories and challenges around that. But at the back of my mind was the seed of an idea to start my own business. And what I was really passionate about, which I discovered through this process, was I'm really passionate about inclusivity and women in project management. And there there wasn't anything that was a real powerful support network while I was going through all of these experiences. Being a woman in construction and railway, naturally, I was one of the few um, but even when there were women around me, it was more that when I started looking up and getting ambitious, I was like, oh, where are the women? Like there are some around me, but there aren't upwards. And I was started to explore these themes. And then when I was going through some shit at work, I was like, actually, it'd be, I didn't know who I could talk to because there wasn't a support network. And there weren't many people that I could see, obviously, who had forged that path. So that was the seed of the idea that was Fierce Project Management. I then, after I left that last toxic environment two years ago now, I went out into (laughs) the, the online social media world of LinkedIn and started posting and started sharing some of my story. And people resonated and they were like, oh gosh, I'm, I thought it was only me who went through that. It's like, no, you are not alone. So then I started to realize, oh, it's not just me. Other people have 
other women in project management have gone through these challenges and actually me sharing helps them realize they they aren't alone and I started my business really with the survey and it just kind of grew wings because people wanted to share their story and their experiences so it was being shared and more and more women were filling it in so they could have a voice and over that experience I was like okay I want to reach 100 women and and I did and we reached 100 women with that survey and at that minute I didn't have a business it's like it didn't have a name at that point Hmm. but that survey that experience of asking 100 women uh, them highlighting their challenges as well as their ambitions led to the birth of fierce project management so through that process Fierce Project Management was born and originally my idea, the seed of the idea of what it was in my head was feminist project management and I shared that with some people Mm -hmm. and it wasn't quite the right word because massively I am a feminist but I know that word turns people off (laughs) some people don't necessarily identify with it and also part of what Fierce Project Management does is work with companies and runs leadership programs. So I remember talking to a woman in project management, a friend of mine, and she was like, I can't tell my work colleagues in a male-dominated environment that I'm going on a feminist project management course. I was like, <laughs> feminist is not the right word. So what else could it be? And for me, Fierce encompasses what feminism means to me. And it's about stretching out your comfort zone going for opportunities is about having the fierce difficult conversations and that's for women but also for men Mm -hmm. and I'm a real passionate believer in that we do need to have these difficult hard conversations about the cultures we're in and some hard conversations with ourselves sometime to stretch and change things and change cultures and as fierce has grown I don't just talk about women anymore although that is my core audience and that is who I work with but I just I'm really passionate about sharing the experiences of different women and different men who don't quite fit in the mold of how we should be at work and that is where the power is that's where our superpowers are but we're often told how we need to be and and how we need to behave so we can lose some of our essence of what makes us amazing and what makes us different yeah. as we either second guess ourselves or get penalised for being ourselves or we start moulding to fit in, yes. which even if we don't want to, sometimes it feels like, well, that's the easy route or that feels like the route with least resistance to get by and fit in. And my message more recently of saying that in a different way, and we had a brief conversation about that, is I used to talk about women in underrepresented groups, which is still what I talk about. But actually, what I realised was actually it's it's about the misfits. It's about the rebels. It's people that feel like they don't fit in around here. Mm. And actually, that's where our superpower is. That is not about fitting in but it's about creating the cultures where misfits belong I absolutely love that I feel like 
and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate, a lot of the trigger points for starting your own business is because you don't seem to fit into that corporate way of thinking. You don't fit into that corporate mindset. You can identify that you may not do things the expected way to the perception that one of the corporates that I worked at, I had a very distinct conversation, two very distinct conversations with different managers. One told me to add a smiley face to the end of my emails because I was too much about work to start with and not fluffy enough. Um, And the other one was that I had to use the insert company name smile because it was all about perception. So it didn't matter how you felt or how you think things should go that you needed to kind of suppress that in order to fit in. And it was horrific. As an ambitious female, where I thought my only option was to keep in corporate until the world of small business opened up, like I love the fact that you're going into companies to give an alternative because you feel trapped. Exactly what you've said. You you feel like you don't have a choice but to mold or rebel. And neither of those feel good. (laughs) Yeah, so it's really interesting because I never saw myself outside of corporate. Like I did not even think that would be an option. So there are entrepreneurs in my family, but I was like, that's not me. I'm very academic. I went to, like I did well at school. So like my path was going to be corporate. I was going to climb the corporate ladder. I was ambitious. I was getting my head down. I was doing a good job. So I didn't ever think I was going to go outside of that so it surprised me but it was that continuous bombardment of the challenges and it was just it's such a hard road and I now work with women in these environments to help them not have to fit in and mold themselves and stand strongly in their own shoes and give that support network but without that when I was second guessing myself and battling the cultures because I was being told of how, how I need to behave or that I was standing up for myself, but it was a really hard road. So, for example, around the flexibility, when I went back and did find a flexible contract, then I was just hearing, I was, even though I was kind of respected and in some ways and I was appreciated, I was recognised for doing a good job, actually that meant a lot more scrutiny and a lot more pressure and I was like well I'm trying to work flexibly and part-time and you actually just keep piling more and more on me there were comments made about me being flexible and it was just a harder road than it needed to be so in my first week I was crying because I was being told that I needed to move my day off my non-working day I was like, well, this has already been agreed. I've already arranged my childcare. I've already, it takes a village to raise a child. And the reason that you're giving me is that you think maybe it might be better in a different way when I've already looked at the business needs and come up with the best solution for work and for myself. And you're just saying it because you think it might be better and you're not willing to give this a try. And I was in tears because I was just so frustrated. And I was like, I know didn't see that I was just standing up for myself I was like gosh it's been such a hard road to even find a role that I was quite kind of questioning my worth I knew I had worth but it was like well actually it doesn't seem to be worth as much because I don't want to work a traditional week so it was already a hard road to get to that point and then it was being like being chipped away and being challenged and when we when I looked into the like the random meeting 
that they were like, well, you can't move that. That would be too hard. It's like, actually, it really wasn't hard to move. (laughs) I was like, gosh, you're just putting barriers in um, and just making it a lot harder than it should be. And ultimately, it was those experiences, but not just one. It was repeated. It's really hard to do things differently around here. If you're happy to do things in the traditional way, then it's a bit easier. Um, But actually, if you want to start doing things differently, you want to start making things better. You don't want to quite fit in the mould of how everybody does things. You get pretty much get put back in your box. Yeah, I think I've definitely experienced that. And I think that my other half is very similar to that as well. And I almost feel like the rebels either get to the point where they've been senior enough that they're listened to. And it's cool because you're approaching things in a new, fresh way. Or it does get to the point where you're just like, look, you need to conform because this isn't the way that we do things here. And it's frustrating. Um, So you said that you never envisioned becoming an entrepreneur yourself. Um, So I'm really curious, what was the trigger point for you where you were like, you know what, actually, I'm going to leave the corporate world that I always assumed I would be in. What was that? What was that trigger for you? So I think hugely part of that was having a baby um, and that even though I already worked flexibly before having my baby, um, I, I it was a combination of that and having the opportunity, the opportunity to take my redundancy and then see how hard it was to find another flexible role. And it, I could have, given up a bit on that flexibility if I really wanted to and perhaps if I didn't have my baby I might have but I was like actually I don't want to and even if I didn't have my baby I don't think I would have wanted to anyway so it was partly around the flexibility and the freedom that I saw that entrepreneurship could give me it was partly around um how difficult it was to be in a corporate space at this point because it was lots of toxicity and I know that's not in all environments and I chose to leave actually a very safe work environment um to go to try something new but it was actually then being in that toxic environment that gave me that final push to say actually this is not the experience that I am accepting and actually I don't think this is the experience that is okay for other women either so for me I'm like actually as I'm glad I went to another role after being a mum yeah because that gave me a whole new experience around the challenges of working women yeah so it was the combination of those experiences and just the repeated um so I call it project misfit stories that of the times I was told I needed to be different to fit in around here I needed to do things differently and because I'm really passionate about my projects I would always want to do things better and push boundaries and even in environments that would tell me on one hand oh we really care about doing things differently we want to be innovative they really weren't (laughs) and it was really challenging so it was just like my head was bumping against so many walls I just was exhausted of it I was like you know what, I'm tired, I need to do something different. And really, where can I make the most difference around it, around something I'm really passionate about? And that's what, and I didn't see that I could get that in a corporate environment anymore. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because I think if you have remained in corporate, even if you have managed to kind of implement some form of um, change within that company's perception, it wouldn't have quite the lasting impact that you were able to create as an entrepreneur in your own business. Um, I'm. I would love to know because for any listeners who are out there who are on the cusp of thinking, do I go self-employed? Do I become an entrepreneur? Do I stay in corporate? What do I do? So there were specific challenges that you came across in the corporate world. So the lack of flexibility um, and things like that, that you were talking about in the toxic environment. Have you found that being an entrepreneur, because we all get told before we start that it is hard to be self-employed, but it's hard in a different way. So have you found that entrepreneurship has answered those kind of those challenges that you had in corporate and I would love to know if you've come up across anything different that you weren't expecting oh gosh yeah so has it answered the challenge in some ways yes in some ways no because have I got more freedom so look at gosh lockdown and the experiences we've had with that because I have my own business I can control my hours I can that's within my gift yeah however (laughs) however I'm because I'm really passionate about what I do but I think this would also be if I was in a bit of a corporate environment and I was passionate about my projects I give 110 percent so actually it can be hard to get those boundaries and I'm working on those but of the balance and the flexibility because because you can feel guilty when you are not doing the thing the other thing so if you're with your family you'd be like oh I should be working now and if you're working you're like oh no I should be spending it with my family <laughs> so it's 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 a lot more self-determination but there are challenges with that and with that there are also challenges of getting the work done because you're only accountable to yourself and ultimately your clients which does give you a bit of more of an external push so it's given me flexibility yes because I do work with women in the corporate space, absolutely. And I do believe they can make ripple effects of change within within those spaces as well. But I think for me, it was about going outside so that I could influence from the outside. And I've got loads of respect for the women and, and men and misfits who influence from the inside as well. But if you are on the cusp, I think it's it's not necessarily an easy road. It's a different road. So. But what what I what I absolutely love is that I get to use my project management skills because I absolutely love managing projects and leading them. But I get to do it in a way that is my projects. Like I get to choose what I'm really passionate about working on. I get to deliver the mission of the change I want to see in the world, and probably the challenges um, I didn't expect were around like how much is online and obviously that's a choice it doesn't have you don't have to have an online business um but one it's been amazing in the environment we're in that actually I was already online that was where I would uh, create relationships and create connections and um run my programs actually so I work with a lady in Australia for instance which I wouldn't have been able to do if I was uh, not an online business yeah. but being an online business it's a lot of vulnerability and sharing yourself online which 
again, you share as much as you're comfortable with. But the bits that I guess I didn't expect was that one, that I would be that person because I'm a very private person. I, for having my business, I was barely even on Facebook. All my privacy settings were on. I would ne- I would basically never post apart from the occasional being tagged in something. So now I've gone to posting most of the times a day. Everybody knows a lot about <laughs> what's happening in my life and my opinions and what I stand for. And a lot of people would have seen me as the quiet one. And they're like, oh, you swore online, for instance. My mum would tell me that. She's like, I saw you swear online. Oh, like, that from my dad. Oh, sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been able to just like actually show up as me. So when people meet me and in real life and they've met me online before that, they're like, oh, I, I know you already. Yeah. So that's incredibly powerful. But the bit I guess that I didn't expect um is that the on well the online world is again there are two sides of that so being triggered by other people and triggering other people um so so for instance I had an experience I've had a couple of experiences where because I do share vulnerable topics or I share um, the fierce conversations that need to happen and I actually create the space for those in my communities I talk about inclusivity I talk about racism I was talking about trans lives which is a stretch for me because that's not within my comfort zone um, but I was sharing my observations around JK Rowling and some of the things that she was saying and I believe they were coming across as transphobic um, and I shared my and I do share my opinions but that then means I'm open for people disagreeing with me, which yeah. is, of course, part, part of the world. People will disagree. Um, but for me, the learning and the unexpectedness has been around the triggers that can create and how we relate to other people who disagree with us and how we can still have our boundaries so that it doesn't quite affect us so much. So, for instance, in that example around J.K. Rowling, Somebody in my community really disagreed with me and sent me lots of messages on inbox. And through that experiences, experience, I learned actually, although I facilitate these conversations, my inbox isn't a space that I'm comfortable with having these conversations. That's felt like a real invasion into my boundaries and my space. So I asserted my boundaries that these are important conversations. Even though we can disagree, we can still respect each other. Yes, yeah. Um, But we do that online. And I know some people are more happy to do that in a private space. But for me, I was like, well, actually, that's not a space that I'm comfortable with. So, Mm. And I'm actually more comfortable to have those conversations talking like we are. So we have... We have online networking and we have socials and we talk about some really deep stuff. But actually, when you're texting or, you know, you lose the intent. So yeah. it can get a bit nasty. So I was like, no, that's I'm not comfortable with that. And it and um, unfortunately, that relationship got lost. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that connection didn't survive that that interaction. But for me, I learned a lot about my boundaries and what was OK for me to protect my energy. And how facilitating these conversations is really important, mm. but it can be really heavy as well. And so you need to think about 
what you're okay with opening up and how to do that I think that it's it's easy to forget that actually in a corporate environment, there's almost like there's that subconscious switch that happens where there's a certain level of acceptability and it stops. Um, and yeah, some people are able to step the mark and there will always be that one person that you know that kind of is a bit inappropriate, whether it's political, religious, sexual, whatever. But I feel like when it's your personal brand and exactly what you were saying, when it's you in your business, representing your opinions because I absolutely agree these conversations the only way that people learn is through education if you're not having those conversations and listening to both sides and giving space to both sides to facilitate the conversations then nothing will change you'll have the people who disagree with you talking about how right they are and you'll have the people that agree with you talking about how right they are and if the two don't meet and cross over and articulate the feelings and the intent and the thought process behind their point of view from their unique experience of the world, then we're never going to be able to learn because we can't listen to someone else's point of view. So I think that you are absolutely right. Being clear on your boundaries is such an important thing when you are a a self-employed business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you need to have those boundaries in place. And like you said, if you're not comfortable with it being in your inbox, laying down those boundaries, if that means that a relationship unfortunately cannot continue, then that's just something that sadly will have to happen. But I feel like the sense of, and I I struggle with this word, anonymity, the sense of like not having to have your name against something or being able to have a conversation in private on social media and be a keyboard warrior really does give fuel to a lot of um, interpretation. And also fonts don't have kind of inflection. You, you, I could read something that's based on the way that I'm feeling that day and take it in one context that is completely different to something else. So I've, so I've got a really, really relevant story, like an immediate story, like it just happened this weekend. So again, I, so I triggered somebody on their post. They shared a post about mental health and um, they raised some really important points. However, they wrote one sentence which said something was a fact when it's not a fact. So I comment, I could have scrolled on by, but I was like, oh, I, uh, actually, because I understand the repercussions of that, because I'm a Samaritan volunteer, I've had training with the Samaritan, but if we say things that aren't true or aren't factual and we give the perception they are, that can have repercussions. So I felt I did want to just uh, highlight that, but in in a compassionate way. And I actually very intently said I wanted to do it in a compassionate way. So I shared a comment and I put a love heart emoji at the end to try and show that it was coming from a compassionate place. And... Um, I did that partly because there'd already been a bit of an exchange between two people which had been taken in a a bit of an attacking way. So I tried to share my opinion and I put a love heart emoji at the end and um, we had a bit of a discussion in the comments and the other person didn't quite hear what I was saying. So, but that's okay. Um, But then a couple of days later, I saw a post by the person who... uh, was accusing me of bullying and being disingenuous without naming me, but making reference to the fact that 
oh, just because you put a love heart emoji on it doesn't mean that you aren't bashing someone. I was like, oh gosh, you really misinterpreted where I'm coming from. Because why? Because if you know me, then you know that I am really passionate about mental health and and talking about suicide, but doing it in a way that is safe and sensitive. And this person did have a really important point to their message. Um, however, the way it was interpreted was around being bullied. I was like, gosh, that was a step way beyond what my intention was. And it you can get so lost in these things online and we're not, we lose all of the infection. So even trying emojis does not work. That's been my lesson in that. Yeah, um, I also am not a fan of just it's this is the thing the the story that I said earlier where I was told by a manager to chuck a smiley face on the end of an email I just I feel like these conversations are important to have and it's it is important to be mindful that something you are incredibly passionate about passion can come across in a bunch of different ways when it's written down um so I mean how did you deal with that situation did you address the conversation with the poster did you just leave it be Mm. So I messaged that person and um, just tried to clear clear the air and say that was never my intention and that we were both speaking from our, our respective experience and and yes, we lose the intent when we're talking online. And that person, again, I believe like we've lost a connection. Like I don't, she's not replied. I don't think she's gonna reply. Um, but that's okay because we don't have to be connected to everybody, um, mm-hmm. do we? Like not everybody is our people. And actually we we might have connected on a hundred different topics. Like we might have had very similar views on a lot of different topics, but actually sometimes you trigger each other. So I was also triggered by 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 the post and just that very small bit because my own personal knowledge and experience made me want to comment Mm. and then also my um, my passion for knowledge and and the importance of that topic but as well she's it's an emotional topic right so she's really passionate about it so we've just not been able to necessarily hear each other and I I tried to hear her um and but it but actually as well it's not worth spending that much time and energy on either because we cannot be responsible for how other people yeah. on the internet or in real life interpret what we are saying and whether they get our intentions or not. No, absolutely. We can do our best. Yeah, we can do our best and we can t- try and articulate in a way that works best for us. Um, if you are interested in more information, last week's episode, we talked with Hayley around the impact of other people's limiting beliefs. And I think that that would be a good one to follow up with this as well, because I think... It's wonderful to get your view across. It's wonderful if you're able to articulate that. But I think also it's being mindful of how you how you approach these conversations when you know that they are an emotional topic because you don't know what that other person is going through and you don't know how it's going to be received in that moment, let alone in general. So yeah, I think that that's, it's a really important topic to talk about. Um, and I really thank you so much for sharing those stories as well, because I know that it can be such a personal thing. Um, so we've talked a lot about 
uh, a lot of the hardships and the similarities to the corporate world. But are there any, you know, entrepreneurship is up and down. It's never smooth. But I'd love to hear some stories if there's anything in particular, any successes along the way, anything that you weren't expecting that has been just amazing within your business. So my business has been running for just over a year, probably about 14, 15 months, depending when I count its birthday from. Um, and when I, um, this time, well, in September last year, I was attending the Women in Project Management Conference, which is like a big deal in project management. It's run by the APM. And I attended as a volunteer because I volunteer with their Women in Project Management Association. And it was just such an amazing vibe. And I just put out there that I was like, next year, I want to be a speaker here. And then this year, I was a speaker. So within a year, like that was my big, fierce goal. And I I hit, hit it last month and it was amazing. And I then had to work out what I was going to talk about. And amazingly, they gave me a bit of free reign on that. Um, and I ended up talking about misfits in Project Management. And I was like, this is a properly serious conversation, like conference. Can I get away with talking about misfits in project management? I was like, you know what? I am just going to go for it. And that was part of my evolution as well. And it was recognizing that I actually wanted to bring fun to my business. That, yes, I talk about a really important topic that really affects people's lives and we'll talk about we spoke about this on the politics episode as well and we've been talking about some really hard topics today as well and I talk about all these hard topics online so I have very much a vibe as my coach calls it a crusader vibe so you know I'm a bit of a warrior about what I believe in I will fight for that but actually what I was realizing was that I that can be really heavy energy as well to have all the time that actually I just wanted to bring fun into my business so more recently I've been finding ways to be risky and bring fun into my business still have the same message like the misfits of project management isn't a different message from my mission but it's just a different way of saying it and it's a way of bringing fun into it and it was amazing to be able to speak up in that conference with a topic that was just me like nobody else could have said it in that same way as as my spin on it, even though we can have hundreds of topics about inclusivity in project management, which we absolutely need to talk about. So it's been stepping into my way of saying things and bringing fun into my business and um, all aligned with the timing of that is I've been running a, a new group experience called The Risky Thing. And again, it was just having fun of not even giving it a proper name, like it was just like, let's just go. It's just a risky thing. And loads of people jumped in even before they even knew what it was. And it was just, again, a real fun way to have, rather than how we think we should be, because we can fall into those molds in a corporate space, in, in an entrepreneurial space as well, I realised. You're looking at what everybody else is doing. They're all running five-day challenges or they're all doing a video blog or whatever, you can think, oh, I need to be doing that thing in the same way because that's a model that works. And yes, that's there's an element of that, learn from other people's successes, but actually it's about finding your own way. 
so it was just really fun with the marketing of the risky thing just to have like throw out the rule book and just have loads of fun and in, we're running it now and 52 people are in our community and they're just taking risks and finding their own way but part of the fun was um was letting people <laughs> spin the wheel to choose the price like it was just and we had a game show and it was just like actually there are no rules it's just about being risky so it just gave me a lot of freedom so I think it's really important to have fun and just find different ways yeah I I'm hugely hugely passionate about this and this is something that anyone who kind of talks to me works with me hears me in passing will talk about is the fact that embracing business in your own way because it's something it took me a long time to learn but since I've really stepped into the way that I want to do business which is very different to a lot of the noise that you do here um it feels so much better and it's all about making sure that it's having that fun in your business it's making sure that what you're doing feels like something you want to be a part of because we spend so much time in the corporate world having to go to meetings having to do the things that we don't want to do that doesn't align with our values it doesn't feel like us it's us conforming to the mold like we've been talking about but with business, I firmly believe that every business can be successful. It's just finding your rhythm with it and what feels good for you and people will respond. So I love that that's something that you're embracing as well. And I love the name, The Risky Thing. <laughs> and it's just been, it's been so much fun, but actually from a business perspective, it's brought more eyes on my brand. I'm working with people who before I released the risky thing would have been would have been collaborators with me or allies but they wouldn't have seen themselves as clients and I had never pitched that I worked with people outside of project management before mm-hmm. whereas this was really open to anybody who leads projects which includes entrepreneurs and so it just massively opened up my business for new opportunities as well mm-hmm. and so it's been part of me leveling up hugely and just being more open to different ways of doing things by by but but by finding my own way yeah no I think that that's fantastic and I'd love to know so we've talked a lot about the business leveling up and the way that your business has changed and your big goals that you've achieved but when it comes to your brand itself so kind of both your visuals and your strategy, like your core values, have you found that your values and your visuals and your brand itself has evolved the way that your business have, or has it been kind of hand in hand? Is it, has anything happened in unexpected ways for you? So I think in terms of my brand, I think ultimately I, as a business of one, I am my brand. But what I've realized is that fierce project management is in some ways an amplification of some of the, my elements. So I put a big part of my story, um, particularly in the corporate world, was about not fitting in. And so my brand is hugely about providing people with the supportive communities and networks so that they don't feel like they're alone. So it's really important to me. That's part of my brand. So it's, again, part of my story has been, is what I then bring into what my brand is. Um, for me, the risk-taking is um, 
again, me having to lead by example, but naturally I'm not a risk taker. I'm risk averse. So part of my marketing with the risk giving was saying, I'm actually really scared about this. So again, it was just being honest, but the fierce, of course, allows me to step into, actually, I have to be fierce to inspire others to be fierce. So stretch out their comfort zone and take risks. So the brand is very much an application of me and my story in certain elements. Um, But I think hugely important then, and this is why it comes hand in hand, it has been a lot of personal development work, like starting your own business. I think particularly in, in the spaces that we are, and particularly if you're an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, it is hugely personal development like it's we spoke about up leveling the business, but that's up leveling yourself to do that. And every time I've done that, um I hit a massive upper limit and I'm like, I get migraines and I'm like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I just need to be safe. And I'm not and I second guess myself and I overthink. But now I can recognize that in myself that this time before the risky thing and before the conference. I was like, I know this is coming up and this is a big step up for me. So it's part of my process to go through that and through it, look after myself and do the self-care, but know that I can make it through and I will push myself through past that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's such an integral point that I, I think can easily be missed in businesses that you're, especially if you're a personal brand, as your business grows, you grow. And it's almost like a, um, it's so intrinsically linked that as you grow as an individual, your brand grows and therefore your business grows. But equally, as your business grows, you have to grow as a person. So therefore your brand does grow. I feel like business is never a static thing and you are constantly pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, And I'm doing things this year, like a podcast and live videos and things like this that I, a year ago, would never have dreamt of. Like three years ago, not a chance, not a chance would I have my face or my voice recorded anywhere for anyone to hear, let alone to be putting it out into the world. So I think that the examples that you've given of how you've grown and how you've moved past that and the physical changes that do come up, that do kind of happen when we're in those moments of almost high energy and high stress is exactly why we need to look after our minds and our physical health as business owners it's part of the business guys <laughs> and they're not they're not really separate no no they are not um and it's a hard lesson to learn but yeah it's one that's that does wonders once you kind of harness that um I mean there's been so much good stuff in here today I feel like I could talk to you for, for hours around your business journey but um if we can start to wrap up is there a key piece of advice from your business journey that you would share with the listeners, like the one thing that you really want them to kind of embody and embrace? I think it's really about finding different ways to get your message across and lead into, I think a lot of business owners I know are very mission-led and purpose-led. We're trying to make big changes in the world and more smaller uh, in our smaller spheres, but that has a big ripple effect. But we can get stuck into doing things the same way. So I think we have to learn from those experiences and take what the best of it is. But actually, 
be bold, be brave, be fierce and take a risk of doing things in a different way. And you might fail, but you can learn from that. You can experiment and you can trial. Um, But then actually it might be the thing that sets you to fly by taking those risks. Amazing. That's fantastic advice. I really love that. So try something new and just make sure to keep reviewing and reflecting to see if and how it's working for you. Brilliant. So Anita, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can the listeners find more of you online? Yeah, so I am over on LinkedIn and I talk about all the same topics um, that are really important, even though it's a professional space. I hate the word professional. Um, but on LinkedIn, you can find me and on Facebook are my main platforms. And I would love for you to come join me in the Fierce Project Management Tribe. Fantastic. What I'll do is I'll leave all of the links in the show notes below so the listeners can come and find you. And again, just thank you so much for coming and sharing so openly with us today. I feel like there's a lot of inspirational stuff that's come out of your business journey. And I'm just very grateful that you'd share share that with us and share your time with us thank you so listeners tune in next week where i will be sharing some tips on building an authentic personal brand which will then be followed by our halloween special featuring some small business horror stories so absolutely hit that subscribe button and be notified for when those episodes go live If you've enjoyed today's show, please make the effort to go and have a look and see Anita's links online and also leave a review because it really does help the podcast to grow. But until then, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation. So head over to the Brand Lounge on Instagram or the Facebook community. Again, the links are in the show notes and we will continue the conversation over in the Brand Lounge.